church can be weird. I mean, I have to admit to you, if I didn't believe in Jesus, if I didn't believe in the Bible, some of what we do at church actually kind of feels a little wackadoodle to me. I mean, maybe you've been in church for a really long time, and it all comes pretty naturally, and you don't think about it much anymore, but maybe you don't really know what you believe, and you're checking us out maybe for the first time, and you're thinking things like, why do they sing? Or why do they believe that? Or why do they keep standing up and sitting down and fight, fight, fight? Like, well, what's going on here? Like, why is this dude saying all these questions that are rattling around in my head? There are a lot of those types of questions, to be sure, but I don't think that there's anything a little more odd or more wacky or more kind of mysterious than what we're talking about today. Today, we're talking about the Holy Spirit. And sometimes in some Bibles or in some churches, the Holy Spirit might even be called the Holy Ghost. Like, boo! I'm the Holy Ghost! Like that type of concept. That's actually what I grew up with. That, that term, the Holy Ghost, and it straight up scared me. Because I had this image of, of kind of the boogeyman under my bed, like reaching out and grabbing my ankle if I did anything wrong, or if I thought anything wrong, or if I said anything wrong. And that's not really what the Holy Spirit is at all. But it does kind of sound weird, you know, the spirit that lives in us. And we don't always talk about the Holy Spirit like we should. At least I don't always talk about the Holy Spirit like I should because sometimes it does feel a little weird or a little mysterious and I don't want to say stuff about the Holy Spirit that makes people feel kind of funny. But that's really why we're doing this series because even though the Holy Spirit might seem weird, what if it's true? And if it's true, it kind of changes everything. So the Holy Spirit is actually a pretty important concept to understand it. It's an essential part of the life that God wants us to live if we follow Jesus. In fact, the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit is mentioned over 800 times in Scripture. It's not less than God, not less than Jesus. It's not even a weird thing that we can't mention. The Holy Spirit is a huge part of our faith. So we need to acknowledge, we need to get over the little weirdness of it a little bit, don't we? You're right. The Holy Spirit is weird. I even think that's okay. He is unusual. He is supernatural. He prompts us to do things, I think, at times that, we're, that make us uncomfortable. He prompts us maybe to stand up when we feel like we should doubt or to give grace when we'd much rather seek revenge. Nothing about the Holy Spirit isn't weird, but that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is crazy, and that doesn't mean that the Holy Spirit is bad. He's actually pretty amazing. So do you believe in spiritual things? Listen, I believe in spiritual things. I believe that there are things in our world that maybe we can't see or maybe aren't as easily explained. We kind of think we can explain it all away, but we actually can't. And I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead and he conquered death. I believe that in my heart of hearts. So if I believe that, why can't I believe kind of the rest of the spiritual world is still happening today? So that's really why we're calling this series Goosebumps. It's a not-so-spooky-but-we-know-what's-a-little-weird series on the Holy Spirit. And so for the next several weeks, we're going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? And my hope is that it sets us on a path of understanding and really experiencing this amazing role that the Holy Spirit plays if you're a follower of Jesus. So we're going to start with a really foundational, a basic question. Here it is. The Who is the Holy Spirit? Just like, who is it? 
And the Holy Spirit isn't just intuition. Sometimes we, we say it that way, like it's just our conscience or something like that. It isn't just a gut feeling, and it definitely isn't the boogeyman under your bed looking to, to catch you doing something bad. No, the Holy Spirit is actually the person of God. The Holy Spirit is God. And that is a little confusing. Because isn't, like, isn't, isn't God God? And like, how does, how does Jesus fit into it? And those are fair questions, so we're going to break down kind of this difficult concept. So we're going to bring out a flip chart, because my philosophy is any difficult concept could use a little bit of bad drawing to help explain it, because that's basically what's going to happen. I warned you, I'm telling you right now, it is not going to be pretty at all. But we are talking about this concept of God. And actually, God as a concept is something we are actually pretty comfortable talking about. Even if you don't believe in God, even if you don't know what you think, we're okay with talking about God. We're talking about maybe a supreme being or a creator or something that is working in our lives, the spiritual things in our lives right now. And a lot of times in church and here at the Ridge, when we talk about God, when we say the word God, we're actually talking about God the Father. That's actually even how I start my prayers a lot of times. I say Heavenly Father. And so we're talking about God. When we say Heavenly Father, God the Father, we're talking about kind of that supreme being in heaven that works for our good and loves us. But it's not all of it, is it? Because what about, how, how does Jesus fit into it? Well, there's God the Father, and then there's God the Son, and that's Jesus. We use other terms for Jesus, too. We use, you know, maybe Messiah, maybe you've heard that before, or Christ, or Savior, but that's all talking about this fully God coming down to earth and being fully man, that God sent Jesus, kind of the Son, to come down as fully God and fully man to help us understand who God is, to to do good for us, to die on the cross for our sins and our mistakes and to conquer death. So that's who we're talking about when we talk about God the Son. So we have God the Father and God the Son. And then we have Cousin Eddie, who we don't really talk about quite as much, you know? Like, put them over in the corner at family gatherings, and we, like, we acknowledge them, but, like, don't look too closely because it gets a little uncomfortable. And so that's the Holy Spirit or that Holy Egg. But you just said that I had one egg. So, you see, see what I'm saying? It's God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. It's three distinct parts, but it's also one full part. Three in one. That's the Trinity. Now, Brent is going to come back out, and, and he's going to take the flip chart away. And while he does that, I think I need to kind of address the egg in the room. Because here's what I am not saying. God is not an egg. Okay? He cannot be scrambled to your liking. Add a little cheese. Like, that's not what I'm saying. And I'm also not saying that, okay, so the Holy Spirit is the shell, and then Jesus is the yoke, and God is... No, I'm not saying that. You're taking the analogy too far. That is not what I am saying. The point is... Three in one, Trinity. And the Holy Spirit is as much a part of God as God the Father and God the Son. So the Holy Spirit is God, the person of God. That's why we say he and not it. Like, it's an actual person of God. So what does the Holy Spirit do? 
a lot of different stuff. The end, let's pray. No. What if I just stop there? That's, that's fun. That's fun for me. Not for you. It's fun for me. So the Holy Spirit does a lot of stuff. And we're going to break that down. That's kind of what the series is about. But the Holy Spirit is active. That's the point. It does. He does. The Holy Spirit is active in the lives of people who follow Jesus. Doing things right now. Here's what I mean. So we're going to spend a lot of our time in the book of John. If you've got a Bible app on your phone, we're going to be there the mo- most of the time. Or if you've got a Bible with you, that's awesome. Turn there. It's also, we're going to use it up here on the screen as well. And we're going to take a look at John 14. And this is Jesus talking. And he's talking about what happens really when we follow him, when we follow Jesus, when we love him, when we obey him. So check this out. This is John 14. And I will ask the Father, God the Father, so there's one, and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him, but you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. So we're going to highlight a couple of words just so that we understand. So we're going to highlight the first one, this word advocate. You can kind of translate that as counselor or as helper. That's really what what it's talking about. But just in case we miss it, just in case we don't fully understand what he's talking about, Jesus says, no, straight up, he is the Holy Spirit. I love that. I love that clarity. I love like super simple. Got it. Advocate, Holy Spirit, same thing. And then check this out. Jesus is saying, if you follow me, the Holy Spirit is where? Is inside of us, will be in you. And fully acknowledge, sounds super weird. Right? Like, so I want to make sure that we understand. Because if this is true, that God is inside of us, is a part of us, this is absolutely amazing. So Jesus is saying, if you're a follower of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God, the very same Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the grave, lives inside of us, will be in us. Which means we can talk to God, we can hear from God, we can have the power of God, we can be led by God. We're no longer flesh and blood, we're actually filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit of God. And for me growing up, I thought that this was the coolest thing imaginable. Like I had a superpower. So I prayed real prayers like, Holy Spirit, let me see through this wall. Holy Spirit, I am taking this biology test and I did not study and please let me pass. He did not answer either of those, by the way. I did not pass and I cannot see through walls. But really, Jesus is saying that we have this direct relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we we surrender our lives to Jesus. He sends this advocate, this helper, this counselor to be a part of our lives, actively do things in our lives. And since we have this Holy Spirit and he's working, he's doing things for us, he's doing things through us, and he's doing things in us. So we're going to talk about just a couple of the things that the Holy Spirit does in our lives today. We've already actually talked about the first one. He comforts. That word advocate can be counselor and can be comforter. See, the Holy Spirit will comfort you when you're hurting. And if you really think about it, think about it. God will comfort you when you're hurting. And there are people hearing those words right now, and I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what's going on in your heart or in your mind or in your relationships. I don't know. 
But the Holy Spirit does. And maybe this past week, this past morning, has been miserably hard for you. Maybe you just got the cancer diagnosis. Or you're grieving a loved one. Or you're desperate to find community. Or you're in the middle of a transition and you just don't know how it's going to go. It could be so many things. Hurt, pain, addiction, anger, depression, arrogance even. It could be all sorts of different things. And if you're going through hard stuff and you believe in Jesus, listen, we have access. We can actually feel, can sense the Holy Spirit. That we can know that the Holy Spirit is there. And even though you're hurting, you can sense the comfort, the very power of God in us. He can comfort you with peace that goes beyond our understanding. If that's true, that's amazing. That it doesn't make sense for us to have peace without the Holy Spirit. And maybe it doesn't make sense and you're going, I don't know how God can comfort me through what I'm going through. But the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is with you, understands you, understands what you need and comforts you. You're not alone. See, the Holy Spirit is with you, comforting you, no matter what is going on in your life. So what else does the Holy Spirit do? Let's go back to the book of John. But in fact, it is best for you, this is Jesus talking, It's best for you that I go away. Because if I don't, the advocate won't come. If I do go away, then I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world of its sin and of God's righteousness and the coming judgment. The world's sin is that it refuses to believe in me. And I don't know about you, if I was given a choice, like if you said, hey, Adam, you got a choice, you can have Jesus or you can have the Holy Spirit, I'd be like, Jesus, right? Like that seems super, super simple to me. But I think the point here is that Jesus is saying, look, you don't understand. You don't understand how important, how vast, how significant, because the Holy Spirit is God. Like we're giving you direct access to God in a way that we, it just blows our minds. He's saying the helper himself, the counselor himself will be with you. He will comfort you. He'll come alongside you. He will help you. And then did you catch the word kind of in this that he can also do? It's this word right here. It's this word convict. And we don't like that word at all. We use it when we talk about people going to prison. They've been convicted. They're convicts. We don't want anything to do with that. But I think we have a misunderstanding of how amazing this is. Because if this is true, this is awesome. Because the Holy Spirit being a part of us gives us conviction. Say there's something going on in your life. Maybe something you've done. How do you know if it's right? How do you know if it's wrong? How do you know what to do with it? All of a sudden you can't shake this presence or this feeling And you go, I I know, I know I shouldn't be doing this. And even as I say it, you're like, I mean, how did he know that? Or have you ever been kind of anywhere in a church, here, somewhere else, you've ever been listening to something, thinking something, and somebody says something, and you're like, they're talking right to me. They're talking right to me. How did they know? They didn't know. I don't know. People come up regularly and say, wow, it's like you're speaking directly to me. And I'm like, I didn't know. That's the Holy Spirit. 
The Holy Spirit convicts. It's this presence of God convincing us what is right, what's wrong. God's righteousness, the world of its sin, of its mistake, of where we fall short of God's standard. It convicts us. And maybe it's different than just right and wrong. Because I think that that's true too. Maybe you feel this pull from God. And you don't know where it comes from. You're like, you know, like I really felt like I should go to church today. Or I really felt like I should, I should listen to this thing. Or I should, I should respond to this way. Or I should read my Bible. It's like this feeling that I can't shake. And maybe you're not even a church person. Or you're not even a Bible person. And you're like, where did that come from? That's the Holy Spirit calling out to you. Drawing you in. That's the presence of the Holy Spirit convicting you of your need for God. Do you understand how amazing this is? God calling out to you. I mean, you're being drawn by God and you don't know why, but for whatever reason you can't, shake it. So the Holy Spirit convicts us. But here's the cool thing. We have a choice. It's pretty clear here. We have these two pathways, these two options. We can either listen to the Holy Spirit or we can refuse to listen to the Holy Spirit. And I promise you, refusing to listen to the Holy Spirit is not a good solution. The Holy Spirit helps us by comforting us when things are hard. And he helps us, convicting us of what is right and what is wrong and of our sin and what God would want us to do. And he draws us closer to God and makes us more and more and more like Jesus. That's really what the Holy Spirit is doing. He comforts, he convicts. And then this is the third thing I think we want to talk about today. What does the Holy Spirit do? He also counsels. I think it is on purpose that Jesus uses this word counselor or advocate at times when he describes the Holy Spirit. Jesus is saying the Holy Spirit is your guide. The Holy Spirit can direct you. He's your counselor. When you don't know what to do, when you are stuck, do you feel like that sometimes? You're at your wit's end. You're empty or you're alone or you're frustrated, and the darkness feels like it's closing in, and you don't know where to turn, and you don't know what to do, and you don't know how to feel, and you don't know what to think. Here's the truth. You are not alone. You are not forgotten, because the Holy Spirit knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly who you are. He knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need to get there. And he'll tell you how to do it. He'll counsel you to get there. This is going back to John. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. Well, why? Well, because he's in that community with God the Father and God the Son. So it's not even just all by itself. See, the Holy Spirit is with God and, and, and God the Father and God the Son. They're doing it together. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard, and he will tell you about the future. So we kind of feel like, okay, well, that's a superpower. Like, that's a psychic superpower. Like, I watched the X-Men. It's a psychic superpower. I'm like, well, I don't think that that's what it means. It doesn't mean that he's going to say exactly what he's going to do. What it means is God, who does know the future, is inside of you, counseling you and prompting you, which is amazing. The Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. Not just our version of the truth, by the way. All truth. 
will counsel, direct, lead, guide. It's access directly to God. So it's kind of thinking, how do we illustrate this? How do we talk about this? How do we understand this kind of in a different way? So I was thinking, you know, the, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit reminds me a little bit of a golf caddy. Can we make it feel a little bit more like a golf course in here? I know it's kind of been not a great morning, but oh yeah. Feels good, doesn't it? Sunshine, birdies. Pun intended, birdies, hey. That wasn't even on purpose. Now, here's the truth. I am miserably bad at golf. Like I was actually thinking about like, oh, I'll swing and I'm not going to because I, I, I already feel a little judged even holding it incorrectly. Like I'm embarrassingly bad at golf. But have you ever heard of that term golf caddy? Do you know what a golf caddy is? So a golf caddy is there, especially for pro golfers, to make the golfer better at the game of golf. Be all they can be. So before a big tournament, the golfer and the caddy kind of goes out together and they walk around the course and the caddy is pointing things out, saying, hey, there's a hazard over here, there's water over here, there's a tree over here, there's terrain over here. This is really where you need to get to be able to take the shot that you, we're wanting you to get. They're paying attention to the history, they're paying attention to all this stuff when it comes down to the course. They're finding places that the golfer can safely hit the ball. But more than even understanding the terrain, understanding kind of the path, this is what I find just amazing, is the golf caddy knows the golfer. Like knows what the golfer can do. Knows his personality. They know her temperament. They know what she does well and what he can't do well. And they know what swings he can take, even what maybe he would normally do. And when he needs to get out of his comfort zone and when he doesn't. And the caddy gives advice, gives counsel. He steps up to the golfer and he whispers into the ear. And when the golfer trusts the caddy, it impacts everything the golfer does and makes it better. And maybe... Maybe you're not a golfer. And I'm not really a golfer either. I actually had to Google all of that. I didn't know any of it. But for us, the Holy Spirit, how much more was that like for us? That the Holy Spirit, as he speaks to us, he knows what's coming. He knows who we are. He knows what we need. And he counsels us. He comforts us. He convicts us. And here's the kind of the question. What are we going to do with that? Are we going to listen Are we going to obey? Do we even recognize his voice? This small, maybe this still, maybe this calm voice leading us through life. See, God can work in our lives through this never leaving, always there presence of the Spirit. And if you listen, if you stop and listen, if you're aware of the Spirit's voice, if you recognize His voice, you can go through a day knowing that the Spirit is with you and prompting you. And saying things like, reach out to this person. Saying things like, pray this prayer. Saying things like, do not say what you're about to say. Saying things like, please don't post that. The Holy Spirit is with us, guiding us, counseling us. It's this constant awareness of God himself being with us. It's a spirit-filled life. It's not walking by sight. It's not walking by what we know or what we think. It's access to God himself. So this question kind of has been nagging me when I've been thinking about kind of this message in particular today. Am I doing life without the Holy Spirit? 
Because here's the thing. I think when we look around the world or we look around our community or we look around our church or we look around our own heart, we often see people who follow Jesus but maybe don't look any different than the rest of the world. And these people who follow Jesus are trapped, trapped in their own mistake, trapped in their own hope and dream, or just aren't willing to take the step and listen. And we say, oh, their prayer lives are not existent, or they're just not doing anything, or they're scared, or they're miserable, they're fearful, or they're hateful, or they're empty. And in other words, there are these times we believe in Jesus, but nothing changes. Why? Well, because I think many people are living a spiritless life. Not listening, not paying attention, not responding to the comforter, not responding to the conviction not hearing the counsel. See, listen, God the Father loves us so much that he sent God the Son, who had the sinless life, died and rose again on the third day so that we could know God even better. And he empowered us through the Holy Spirit to live a life that honors God, that brings God glory. And I believe that there are people here today online, people here today in person that are recognizing this need for the Holy Spirit in our lives. But for whatever reason, we've stopped listening and we go like, I don't really have time for that or I don't really feel that or I don't really know what to do with that. And we have a decision to make, I think, today. Are we going to listen? And maybe you're in a situation and you're like, I don't know what to do. See, the Holy Spirit wants to be your counselor. Or maybe you're overwhelmed with, you know, issues, money issues, job issues, relationship issues, pride issues, hurt issues, pain issues, past issues, present issues, whatever that is. You have kind of issues. And I feel that. I know that. I do too. And the Holy Spirit wants to comfort us, wants to help us, wants to guide us. But we have to listen. And maybe you have some sort of sin in your life. Somebody's even said it to you, like, hey, this is something in your life. And you're like, no, I will not acknowledge it. I feel trapped, but I don't know what to do. And the Holy Spirit might be mentioning it to you right now. And you feel it, and you hear it, and the Holy Spirit wants to convict you of what's right and what's wrong. And wants to counsel you to be free from that prison of not living with him. And maybe you've resisted the Holy Spirit so long that you don't even sense the Spirit talking to you anymore. Or maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the Holy Spirit and you're like, this dude is crazy. I don't know where you're at. But listen, I believe we can pray right now, Holy Spirit, forgive me, help me, fill me. Maybe you have this feeling I want to know more about Jesus. I want to follow Jesus. But you don't know what to do. See, I think this Holy Spirit wants to counsel you, wants to convict you, wants to comfort you about who you are, about what you believe, about where to go, about what to do. And I believe, if you're listening to these words right now, that the Holy Spirit has already been working that you're hearing the words for a reason. I don't know what the reason is, but I believe that no, no matter what, we don't have to go through this life without the Holy Spirit. There's a spiritual power from heaven that is greater than we could even imagine. See, the very same, check it out, very same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead and conquered death, He wants us to have it. 
He wants to be, us to be filled by it, to be directed by it. And it's available right now. It's calling to you right now. Your heart needs it, yearns for it. And the Holy Spirit is available today, is here today, is calling you today and says, I want to comfort you. I want to convict you for your own benefit. And I want to counsel you on where to go. And does that seem wacky to you? It does. It does to me too. But what if it's true? I believe it's true. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, come for you today. And I just have to confess that we don't always acknowledge you. Or sometimes we get our own voice mixed up for yours. Ask for your help. Ask for your help in surrendering our lives to you, listening to you, that we would become sensitive to who you are and what you would want us to do and where you would want us to go, that that spirit living in us would change things would change our heart, would change our church, would change our community, would change the world. Not because of who we are, but because of who you are. And we're so thankful that God, you the Father, sent the Son, Jesus, to die on the cross and give us access to this advocate, this helper, that that Jesus sent the Holy Spirit. I'm just so thankful for that. And I'm so sorry for turning away from that or ignoring that or not talking about that like I should or like we should. And today, right now, in this moment, right now, we ask for you to move so unmistakably that you would call to us so unmistakably, you would convict us of who you are and what you would want us to do and how you would want us to treat other people and how you would want us to think and how you would want us to share and how you would want us to grow, that you, through your Spirit, would change our lives every single day. I'm just so thankful that we can't comprehend it, but that we can feel it and we can think it and we can live it. But we need your help. Comfort us. Counsel us. Lead us. Fill us. It's in Jesus' name we pray today. Amen.